Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer John McClain from Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. John McClain joins us on the phone lines. And John, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you. How was it today? I heard or I saw J.J. Watt reference you immediately when he said, wait, I thought you were retired. How was that today, John? It was a lot of fun. Uh, Watt, who's going into the Texans ring of honor, joining uh, founder, the late Bob McNair and wide receiver Andre Johnson when they played Pittsburgh here against his brother, TJ. Um, It's the first time that we've been able to talk to Watt since he asked for his release and got it. And then he left and signed with the Cardinals, so we haven't talked to him in two years. And so he asked me about retiring. I told him, I'm in demand. I'm making J.J. Watt money. And he (laughs) said, well, you must not be making anything because I don't make anything. And it was fun to talk to Watt again. He's always a great interview. He knew what to say, when to say it, how to say it. Even when they'd lose, sometimes he'd give one-word answers. And it was great because it was revealing. And uh, I asked him today, I said, what are you doing besides buying an interest in a uh, soccer team in England? And then, um, and he said that something's going to come out soon. If he's going to do something, it's not going to be full time. He wants to spend his first year of retirement with his wife and his little boy. So I'm guessing he's going to be doing some TV, probably some studio work that that won't take, but maybe two or three days a week. But knowing what, He'll be great at it, and I'm sure the networks will compete for him. And uh, the the politicians here, like the mayor and the governor, they better hope he never runs for office. Right. No, he's beloved in that city, and I know he can definitely uh, win anything in any office in uh, in Houston. So with that being said, John, what did J.J. Watt mean to the Houston Texans, to the history of that organization? He was – when he was picked in 2000, and Levin, uh, the fans booed. I didn't know who he was. Um, and, and he's, he's always gotten a kick out of that. And we didn't know he was going to be special till the playoffs. They made the playoffs for the first time under Gary Kubiak and they played Cincinnati here and he intercepted Andy Dalton made a leaping interception, took off down the left side, scored a touchdown to ignite a victory first in history and the J.J. J. J. Watt phenomenon was born. And then next year he won NFL Defensive Player of the Year for the first time, did it again, skipped a year, did it again, tied Lawrence Taylor for three, the most in history. Aaron Donald has tied them. And it was amazing, only player in history to have at least 20 sacks twice. I could go on and on about the honors, but what he did off the field, mm-hmm. he was doing things off the field cue way before what he did during Hurricane Harvey. I could tell you stories for two hours of things I know he's done for charity and people and and the kind of guy he is. Right when he was drafted, there was a lockout, so he couldn't report. And there was a family here that was driving back in a van from Colorado, had a wreck and killed the parents, and the kids were crippled. And I was a big story here. And I'd read the Chronicle about this family, and the kids were in, in hospital and in intensive care, 
and the Chronicle story was listening politicians, business leaders who were reaching out, going to visit them. And the last paragraph and said it knew Houston Texan J.J. Watt was there. So I asked him, I said, do you know the family, the Barry family? He said, no. I said, well, what were you doing going up there? He said, well, I saw they lost their parents, and I thought maybe I could go up there and cheer them up a little bit. And so he's still friends with those kids. And another one, there was a little girl who was crying on on our parents were filming her. She's like six or seven years old, and she was crying when she heard J.J. Watt was going to get married because she wanted to marry J.J. Watt. So she said into the camera while her parents were crying that she was she wanted to marry Watt. So somehow Watt, somebody sent the video to Watt, and one day the parents got the family, including the little girl, went up to NRG Stadium, said they were going to buy tickets to a concert. The, t- the ticket office is right by the front entrance. They go in the front entrance, and there's J.J. with a jersey and a PR person holding up a, his laptop to play Here Comes the Bride. <laughs> and White puts his jersey on her, picks her up, and dances. And uh, I hope she never comes back and sues him that they got married. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just, you know that was the kind of thing you wouldn't have gotten out if the parents hadn't put it out. And uh, he did so many things here for away from football. And so that's why he's so popular. And when he comes back for this Steelers game, it'll be early in the season. So maybe the Texans won't be a huge disappointment. Q, it'll be the hottest ticket in town, maybe the hottest ticket non-playoff game in our city's history. And the deafening roar for Watt when uh, he comes out and is introduced and they see his name going up into the rafters. It'll probably be the loudest NRG stadium has ever been in regular season, and uh, and, I, and I can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. John McClain is our guest here from uh, from Sports Radio 610 in Houston here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, across the NFL, John, we know very well because the running back position and how Josh Jacobs has the franchise tag. We saw what's going on with Saquon Barkley in New York with the franchise tag. At what point can running backs get their value back to what it used to be when it was like a bell cow system, when it's not anymore? I don't think they will because what if you're a first-round pick like Jacobs, they're going to keep you for four years. They can franchise you for two for sure, maybe a third if you're great. Well, that's seven years. You're not going to be making big money after that. You're not going to be making big money after the next contract. So he can play for $10 million. He's not going to sit out. Invoking Le'Veon Bell, who ruined his career mm-hmm. by sitting out, and now admits he made a big mistake. you got to get the money while you can. Running backs don't come back and be great again. An offensive tackle like Trent Williams can sit out a year, get traded to the Niners and still be great because he's not getting pounded on like crazy from all angles. But Josh Jacobs, if they're offering him a deal that's fair, he needs to swallow his pride and take that contract, play his butt off, and try to get another one. So you think that, what, a two-, three-year deal is max what running backs are going to get now? I think when it comes to an extension, if you have a four-year and they're going to redo you, they pick up your fifth-year option and they redo you after four, you're not going to get – 
you're not going to get big money. You're just not because if you're great, it means you got a lot of wear and tear on your tires. Yeah, and so it's going to be even harder. And uh, but you know we all know that's still a lot of money. Yes, it's unfair compared to other positions, but it's just the way the game is played today. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Again, John McClain is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Stephon Diggs, apparently that's a situation going on in Buffalo. He was there one day for a physical. He's not there now. Is this another one of those money situations, John? He just did a new contract last year. That's what I thought. For $99 million. Yeah. You know, that would be stupid. Now, he's not saying it. He didn't come to the off-season program. They said it's not a hold-in where he showed up and is, is has a – hamstring injury or a back injury where he can watch but he can't practice and it's very confusing about everything going on but you know the bills don't like it when you give a guy a new contract and a year later he comes back wanting more usually a situation like this cues about money or an injury and he went and did his physical so he's okay physically but it make him look pretty foolish and i don't I, i'm glad players get every penny they want because they get cut james robinson just got cut from the patriots after signing a two-year contract in march so get every penny you can get because they can cut you at any time yeah i mean we saw that with dalvin cook right he got cut what two years into a five-year deal or right after the second year of a five-year deal where do you think the best landing spot for cook is miami and i don't know if he'll get 10 million a year but if for a couple of years Having him in your backfield should be a great thing. And the Vikings are taking a heck of a chance getting rid of him and promoting Madison. I think it's Richard Madison. I'm not sure. But, boy, filling those shoes is a big task. Now, you'd think the Vikings would know what they're doing. They won 13 games last year, but they've been getting rid of some key players. So if I'm a team like Miami and I'm looking to get over the edge in a great division, in which, Buff, in which Buffalo and maybe the Jets could win it, Patriots won't. Uh, I'm doing everything I can to sign him. Again, John McClain is our guest here at Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And I know we already talked about the Houston Texans, but OTAs are going on. Of course, all eyes are on C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. What's the reports? What's the latest and the greatest going on from camp when it comes to the Texans? Q, have you ever heard of a bad report for a highly rated quarterback in an OTA where they can't be pressured or covered, <laughs> receivers no. be covered? I say that on all my shows here, and I know that's not what they want, so I'll tell you what I've been telling them. Man, C.J. Stride looked great. <laughs> that kid, there's a buzz around him. I don't know if I've seen many throw the ball as well as he does. Now, we know Stroud can throw the ball. you got right. tape from – Ohio State, and then you have Combine Pro Day. He looked great. The key is how can he, how well can he diagnose? He's a he's a football fanatic. He he talks to offensive coaches, defensive coaches, players. He talks to defensive players as well as offensive players. They all say he's all about football. He wants to learn. The key is what he's learned during the off season program. Once they put on pads in camp, and they have two. Uh, joint practice is scheduled, and then they start to play. He'll be the starter. They're just not doing it like the Panthers, who've already anointed Bryce Young. When it comes to just the NFL game in general and the quarterback position, John, how healthy is the league, especially in the AFC, where there's a lot of young quarterbacks that look like they're all really good? A lot better than the NFC. You know, one mm-hmm. of the problems 
with expansion. NFL, I think, would love to expand to Europe, to London, and one of the German cities. But there's not enough quarterbacks going around. This next draft could be better and deeper in quarterbacks than this draft, and teams always need them. Mm -hmm. So until you get more quarterbacks to fill every team, I don't see them expanding. But uh, I think they'd like to. They'd make so much money. And we all know how they're going to the poorhouse, and they need every penny they can get. <laughs> yeah, they need every single penny. And, John, we'll, we'll close out with this. As far as finding and identifying your young quarterback while they're still on that rookie contract, how important is that? If you have a cap guy who knows what he's doing. Now, are the Eagles having any problems? The Titans didn't want to give A.J. Brown $25 million a year when they have – Ryan Tannehill with $39 million cap figure. Eagles said, we'll take him. They gave it to him. They extended Jalen Hurts. So the finances have not hurt them. If you know what you're doing, and some teams do and some teams don't, Q, it's usually the better teams that do. Right. Facts. Big facts right there from John McClain, Sports Radio 610. Always great stuff, John. It's great to catch up with you. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? I've got stories, sportsradio610.com. There's no paywall. i got J.J. Watt column coming up. Got a lot of columns. Mark Berman, who's a TV guy here, just retired after 43 years, one of my closest friends. And I have a column in which I detail a lot of stories involving him and people like Yao Ming, Carl Lewis, Charles Barkley, Astros. And uh, if people are interested in what I in a column near and dear to me, I wish they'd check it out. Well, we'll definitely be doing that, John. We'll always check out anything that's near and dear to you. We've always got to make sure we're on top of that. Thanks so much, as always. We appreciate you. Q, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely. There he goes. John McClain, Sports Radio 610 on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL, and joins us each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock to talk all things NFL. And that's a really cool stories he had about J.J. Watt. And I know for being there in Texas for a long time that J.J. Watt, he eats for free in Houston. But he wouldn't even he wouldn't even insist on that. He would make sure that he pays for everybody. I mean, he's just, he's just a, a, a down-to-earth dude that is loved in that city and always is doing a lot of charity work. And even John was talking about doing the charity work before the hurricane hit the city. But when that hurricane hit, man, he was all over it, did a hell of a job. And like I said, man, everyone in the city of Houston loves them some J.J. Watt. 314 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Get to your texts. Get to your calls. This is Red Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus joins us at 3.30. Kind of go into the deep dive, the metric side of things when it comes to running backs, wide receivers, different positions in the NFL. Ask him a little Max Crosby, maybe projections on what he thinks Max could do in 2023, especially with the additions to the defensive line and the defense in general for the silver and black. But that's the question. One of the questions that I threw out there to you at 69187, keyword R&R, and, of course, 702-365-9200. You could always chime in at any time when we don't have a guest. How much do you think the defensive line additions the Raiders have made can impact Max's 2023 season and the team in general? And then, same question I asked Tao Johnson in the first hour, just how high do you think the ceiling is for Max Crosby? To me, he's a guy that really doesn't have – doesn't really have any kind of ceiling. Like, he's just going to continue to grind and grind and get better. And, I mean, you got to peak at some point, right? But it seems like he's always looking to 
redefine himself and continue to improve and sharpen that, that, that sword, right? Just get better and better and better. And that's something he's consistently done since he's been in the NFL. So those are the two questions that I throw out there to you. 702-365-9200 and also the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. Max was featured on NFL Total Access yesterday. Also uh, was at the Von Miller Pass Rush Summit, the 7th annual Von Miller Pass Rush Summit on Saturday and that's going to look different next year. It's going to look different. It's going to have a different name to it next year, and he's going to have a major, major role. Matter of fact, you'll hear from Von Miller coming up around 4.30 on the show today, and you'll hear him say that he's taken his name off of it. He's been doing it for seven years, so it's time to you know, let the young guys take over. And Max Crosby, in his words, not mine, is Mr. Las Vegas. Again, his words, not mine. So that's high respect for Von Miller, who's a guy from Von Miller, who's a guy that's going to be going into the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. So, again, you'll hear from him coming up about 4.30 on the show. We've got Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus coming up at 3.30. Right now, though, on the WBroke.com text sign, 69187, keyword R&R. Raider said, all sports are too friendly now to be how Romanowski was back then, LOL. The rivalries will never be what they were, in my opinion, which is true. That's absolutely true. I mean, back in the day when the rivalries were out there, man, it was the, the, the rivalries were, were real deal rivalries. Like there was real deal hate, hate in the water, right? But now it's, it's, it's a lot different. So, yeah, the, the Romanowski time and even before that, uh, the, the breeds were just a little bit different. So that's from Mailman Raider. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, also, Jim from Yonkers said, the better we get as a team, who will our opponents choose to double team? Will they be able to double if we add more talent? I think he is ready to be a top-five defensive player in the NFL. Let's not make the same mistake with Mad Max that we did with Mack. Keep him a Raider for his whole career. He made a major decision in his life a few years back. Also, I think he'll be a great father to his newborn daughter, a guy that is easy to root for. I have to give credit to Mayock and Mad Max. Credits the former defensive line coach for the Raiders, Marinelli. Thank you, and good luck to the Knights. Where is the dollar stakes, LOL? Uh, yeah, DeMond is still getting those uh, dollar stakes. But Jim from Yonkers, great text, man. Really great text. And, yeah, I think that the Raiders did learn. You know, and, and you have to realize that when Mack was still on the Raiders – once Gruden took over, he was no longer their guy, right? This was their guy. This was Gruden's guy when they went and got Max Crosby. And he earned that contract extension that the new staff in and Dave Ziegler and company gave him that contract extension because of what he earned. And remember, they gave him that contract extension before he ever played a down for him. They just knew already what Mad Max meant to the team, what he meant to the fan base, uh, and obviously the impact that he has on the field and just the, the work ethic. So, I mean, he's, he's earned that. He got his second contract. I don't think anybody in the organization wants to see Max go anywhere, and we know as he's tatted on his arm, the Raiders' shield, we all know he wants to be a member of the Silver and Black for the long term. And, you know, I don't know how many years he plays, right? I mean, every player is different. They all have their, their shelf life of how long they're going to play, how long they want to play. But I do believe the majority of Max Crosby's co- uh, career will be played in the silver and black, and he's going to do some really good things. And I just think he's going to continue to get better and better and better. And, you know, again, as you mentioned, as the team gets better, well, how will the how will the other, other uh, the opponents, how will they be able to double team Max Crosby because there'll be other guys that get after the quarterback. And that's why I think he has an opportunity to be really good. But uh, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend Raider Rock in Seoul, Korea. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hi. How are you, Q? Uh, long time no speak. So I wanted to check in. And first off, um, I just wanted to ask for a shout-out because in Korea right now it's my birthday. Oh! I hit double nickel. Nice, nice. Happy birthday, Raider Rock. That's awesome, man. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. 
Now, going back to the topic, uh, I think statistically, I don't know if he's going to have a lot lot more sacks, per se, than last year. Mm-hmm. But I just def- definitely feel like, you know, if our, our new rookie, Tyree, pans out and he gets more rest, I think there will be more more impactful sacks, if okay. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, where, where it's uh, late quarters and, and you know, uh, longer third downs where we were close but we weren't able to get to get to the QB. So I, I'm hoping that we'll have, like, more meaningful sacks, like, you know, at the key, key uh, um, third downs that we all know. And we were always rooting for the stuff that we weren't able to get last year. So that's what I'm looking for from the defensive line. And thank you, for, as always, John McClain, he, he's just so great. Um, he made the points that I was worried about, you know, with Josh Jacob and, and his stance about, you know, making running backs re- relevant. And I just felt like he, you know, he, he was like a egg being tossed to a rock where it's just going against the flow. So having someone who's so knowledgeable just basically confirm the con- concern that you have, you know, um, you know, it's just great. So thank you as always, and I'll let you guys go. All right, great stuff, Raider Rock. Definitely appreciate the call from Seoul Korea. Again, happy birthday, double nickel, man. I definitely appreciate that. And I can shout you out uh, because, again, Raider Rock works for Nike, uh, and so I'm not mad at that, and everyone knows I'm a big Nike fan. And, Ari, I don't know if you know, I don't think you've seen them yet. I do have a new pair of, of Nikes I just got the other day, uh, some new Air Vapor Maxes. Uh, they're awesome. I'm a big Air Max 270 guy, but the new Vapor Max, they came out in the 2023 Vapor Max in Platinum. So the, 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 it's, it's a white shoe, right? It's obviously white, but it's called Platinum officially. But, man, you want to talk about a dope shoe. Like, it's, it's, it's some next-level stuff, and it's so, so light, man. I mean, I know me and Nike, we had a little beef for a while. You know, like Nike was sleeping on the on the on the couch, right? Nike wasn't Nike. Nike, we, we had a little bit like Nike had to sleep in the other room for a couple days, but we all right now. We we good again. <laughs> Sounds like a sponsorship opportunity if anyone's listening. Man, I've been you? look, man. I've been I've been trying to <laughs> I've been trying to make that happen for years. So uh, I got I got more Nike on than hell. Devontae Adams is Team Jordan. I feel like I got more Nike than you know than any of those guys that have have uh, Team Nike sponsorships and everything. But you know, it is what it is. Run us that bag. Nike, let's go. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I've <laughs> got a got a uh, got a radio guy with a that's a, a Nike sponsorship. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it on the radio. You, you got to have it, that but drive really fit. comfy. Right, exactly. <laughs> I sure trust that guy. <laughs> I can't see him, but it sounds good. Three twenty-seven is the time. Raider Rock, thank you for that call. I do appreciate you. Hopefully, you have a great birthday, my man. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, joins the show. It's Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. His mindset has always been, I want to beat the guy that's across from me. And that's his responsibility, and he takes it serious every single time he steps out on the field. And I think when guys see that, it just creates even more competition in the room because they're, they're striving to be similar to that. And so I think all of the guys see that and, and, and want to get better and improve each and every day. And I think it makes a group even stronger. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Raiders wide receiver coach Edgar Bennett right there talking about Devontae Adams. Obviously, he coached up Devontae in Green Bay as well as with the Raiders, but there he is talking all things Devontae Adams. We got a text on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. The NFL needs to raise the rookie wage scale for running backs. 
The top rookie running backs usually come right in and produce. They don't take a few years to develop, and their careers have been shortened, which has devalued their contracts, so they should be paid like veterans from day one. Join us now on the phone lines from Pro Football Focus is our good friend Brad Spielberger. And Brad, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you, and I want to talk to you about running backs and the value right now. And you heard that text that the league needs to do something, change the the, the rookie scale, the wage scale for running backs. What are your thoughts on how running backs can get the most value for what they do on a on a well down in and down out basis? Yeah, no, it is no doubt a problem right now in this market, and I do think that the position, unfortunately, is so different than others that it's hard when you go to these CBA negotiations and you're trying to negotiate on behalf of the entire group of players, and some guys, you know, are just in different environments. So I doubt the NFL or anyone's going to go for changing their, the value of the contracts, but I do think the biggest push running backs could make to make more money when they are in those prime years is to shorten the, the length. So rookie deals used to be three years, um, or, or you, could, you could get an early extension after two years. That They could be shorter in theory, um, and I think running backs need to try to push to get three-year rookie deals so they get paid before, you know, fifth-year option, then franchise tag one, franchise tag two. By the end of that time, you, your prime years are pretty much up. You know, you just saw a guy in Dalvin Cook who had a big-time contract extension from the Minnesota Vikings get released. It was a five-year deal, but he was only going into year three, and he gets released. So is that another situation where, you know what, the contract extension should only be three so he has an opportunity to at least maximize it? That's the thing, too, right, is that you're seeing across the NFL now is guys signing shorter and shorter extensions. The most recent one at running back was Nick Chubb, who signed a three-year deal for about $12.5 million a year. Um, but, yeah, wide receiver and all these other spots. You see guys that get paid and they want to get back to the market as quickly as possible. It's interesting with running back because, uh, I mean, Dalvin Cook put up 1,000 yards, eight-plus touchdowns both years, a lot of advanced metrics, still has top-end speed, can break off these big gainers, um, and he's still got released. So, so for them, it's really just about, I think, avoiding the, 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 the Josh Jacobs, the Saquon Barkley, the Tony Pollard situation, just making sure at least you get that second payday that Devin Cook did get. Um, like you said, didn't, didn't finish the deal, but at least did get paid. Yeah, he did. He got his paycheck. Uh, Zeke Elliott got his paycheck. And, Brad, it feels like that those days are long be- behind us, right? Like those aren't going to happen uh, anymore. And so when you look at Saquon, when you look at Josh Jacobs, they got the franchise tag. They haven't signed it yet. How do they go about negotiating? Because, again, we know that these teams really don't have to budge if they don't want to. It's borderline impossible right now. I mean, you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott signed a $15 million per year deal in 2019. And five years later, I don't think Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley or even a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who obviously is not on the tag or at the end of his deal, but, you know, after the third season is when a lot of players sign those early extensions. Uh, he's recently switched agents. I'm sure he's trying, and I'm not even sure if he's going to get that number. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. Jacob said a tweet, you know, sometimes it's not about you, it's about the guys behind you. Le'Veon Bell gets made fun of a lot and, and critiqued a lot. I think that's what he was thinking, is that I'm going to be do, taking my stand, not just for myself, but trying to help the guys behind me by showing teams that holding out is a real threat, that I'm not going to come and have, you know, 400 touches for this team, and they're not going to reward me with a deal. So, Honestly, if I had a good answer for you for what they what they should do, um, you know, they'd be they'd be my clients, and I'd be hammering out a deal. It, it's impo- it's genuinely impossible right now to get a good market rate deal at the position. 
Again, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. There was a, a report or an article put out there by Mike Florio and company saying that he thought maybe the Raiders would uh, rescind that franchise tag. Do you think that there's any chance that they do that or even the Giants do that for Saquon? It's a legitimate threat, right? Like, I think Tony Pollard coming off a leg break and also not like a true workhorse player like these guys, I think he was frankly smart to sign it pretty quickly. You know, these yeah. two guys, I get why they haven't. They obviously want to skip off-season activities, which they're both currently doing now, and you can't be fined and all these things if you're not technically under contract, which they're not. I don't think the Raiders would. You know, I think they would just let it play out. They're going to be patient. You know, I think he's kind of tried to stick by them and – and yes, express his displeasure, but still be respectful and still be pro Raiders and all these things. So I don't think they would go to that length, but it is a legitimate threat, right? Like, I don't think it's an empty threat or an empty idea to at least be suggested, you know, by the Florios of the world. Yeah, it's interesting. It really is. And it feels like a cat and mice, a mouse thing. And it's it's unfortunate for the running backs because we know how valuable they are to the to the NFL. So when you look at a guy like a B. John Robinson, who was drafted very early by the Falcons, or even a Jameer Gibbs, who was drafted very high by the Detroit Lions, uh, what do you think that they're thinking right now? I mean, they're only on their rookie year, but what do you think that they're thinking about the future of that position? It's crazy, right? I mean, B. John Robinson right now is scheduled to make more cash in 2023 than any other player at the position. And you go to any, right, you go to any other spot, uh, and that there's no way a rookie is even in the top, you know, 10, 20, depending on the position, uh, in, in cash earnings in this season. So that, again, is just a data point that shows you how far this has gone. I think if you're then, you're saying, like, yeah, this is, I have three years to be phenomenal, and then I'm going to maybe try to really leverage my position, try to get that early extension after year three, but we haven't seen it since Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I don't know. Again, like I, I wish I had better answers for you, but the, the truth of the matter is top agents in the sport have been trying to figure it out. I, I do think it may come to a boiling point to where in the next CBA negotiation we have some positions like running backs say, we can't you know, operate in the same space as quarterbacks and, and the guys that are not dealing with these issues. So what in the world did Christian McCaffrey do to get the big payday, especially when he gets injured or he has been injured so many times? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was just a different market at that point. I mean, yeah. McCaffrey, first and foremost, you have to be a true you know, receiver, pass protector, all of those things. Right. Uh, and he is that. But also, I mean, so is Josh Jacobs and so is Saquon Barkley. Uh, and the second thing was, yeah, that was just right before the market kind of changed. I mean, you look at Jonathan Taylor, if I was his reps, a big argument I would make is a week before the draft, right, Christian McCaffrey signs his extension for $16 million a year. A week later, the Colts trade up in the draft to take Jonathan Taylor, you know, one of the best college running backs of all time. He comes in, he wins a rushing title. I think he was an all-pro his second year. I mean, he's been about as good as you could ask. Yes, he got injured last year, missed some time. Um, and now, you know, who knows where those negotiations are at, but it's not going to be Christian McCaffrey money. And so if I'm them, if I'm the agent, I'm saying, you saw a guy sign at this position yep. for $16 million a year, and now three years later, you won't give my guy 15. Like, how does that compute? Um, but it's just a simple leverage situation. Uh, and, you know, these guys know they have a short shelf life, and they got to take whatever they can get when they can. I'll tell you what, Brad, you might want to be someone's agent, man. That's a good argument. <laughs> That's a hey. I do what I can. <laughs> that is a, no. That really is. I mean that that makes all the sense. You literally traded up to go get me after you saw what this guy just got. So that would be a a great argument. I mean, I, I, maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Probably not. But 
it sounds like a hell of an argument as far as I'm concerned. I also wanted to ask you not only about running backs, but I wanted to ask you about this Stephon Diggs situation in Buffalo. He uh, he obviously was in camp yesterday. They said he, he did his physical, and then he left. He got a contract extension last year. Where is this going? What's the big holdup, and what's the issue in Buffalo with, with Diggs? Yeah, it doesn't seem contract-related because, like you said, he signed a very strong deal. Obviously, top of market in the big metrics like total value and APY at $24 million, but also – you look at the running cash flows, you look at the guarantees, I could argue it's stronger than a Devontae Adams, you know, technically at $28 million per year. Uh, you know, Diggs' deal is a stronger deal. So I don't think it's contractual-related. Josh Allen did come out and say, you know, I love the guy, I stand by him, I support him. He was not happy with how things went last year. I don't want to speculate, but maybe he has an issue with a coach or, or the front office or, or something. Um, I, I have no idea, but it is a little bit strange to have a head coach say, we're very concerned, and then his agent kind of put out via Schefter, you know, he's been there, he's in Buffalo. Well, if he's in Buffalo, why isn't he at practice? Right. Yeah, mandatory minicamp, which is something, you know, obviously they get fined for not being there. I also wanted to bring it back to the Raiders and ask you about Max Crosby. And, of course, at Pro Football Focus, you guys run the numbers and do a great job of it. What does his projections kind of look like? I mean, he's a guy, to me, that continues to get better and better and better each and every year. What are you seeing from Max Crosby? I, frankly, his ceiling is the best defensive player in the NFL. I mean, I think we hold him in that regard uh, over at PFF, has led the NFL in pressures the last two seasons. You know, I guess some of the sack numbers could be we could get one of those kind of gaudy, like 18-19 type numbers from him. I think the big thing is having more production from a Chandler Jones, from a Tyree Wilson, mm-hmm. and having it so that they can't, you know, opposition – can't key in on him and double him and chip him and all those things. But, yeah, I mean, when healthy, which has been the majority of his career so far, he's in the Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett. He, he's in that conversation. That's awesome. I mean, it really is. And he's a guy that I just talked to not too long ago. And, and I mean, the guy is always working, always working, always grinding, trying to get better. You know, I, I asked the question to start the show, Brad, and I'll ask you as well. How much better do you think he can get? I mean, you mentioned maybe some more sack numbers. Uh, they did add the, some additions to the defensive line, but – you, how, how high do you think his ceiling is? I should tell you a cool story that I heard that I hopefully I don't get in trouble for, but I don't think the person would mind. So uh, the, the East-West Shrine Bowl obviously was in Vegas this past year, uh, and a friend of mine attended and was there and got to kind of walk through the facility before going to the game or going to a practice. And he said, I walked by the workout room, and there was one person in the entire workout room and none other than Max Crosby, right? I mean, that's the guy he is. And, and so – yeah, I, I mean, I think his ceiling is is the roof, right? Not not to quote my guy Michael Jordan, but um, yeah. So I think it is kind of finishing more plays, getting more of those those sacks and those flashy statistics. But I mean, his work ethic is is unrivaled, um, you know, by all accounts. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He's a pleasure to watch. That's for sure. I'm glad I get to see him up close and personal. Well, Brad, fantastic stuff, man. What are you working on a Pro Football Focus that we should be on the lookout for? Yep. So we're working on some potential breakout players going forward. Uh, for next season, uh, maybe some Raiders on that list coming out. We'll have a full podcast on it tomorrow, so you can find all that at PFF.com and on YouTube. I uh, predicted that the breakout player for the Raiders this year would be linebacker Divine Diablo. That was the one I penciled in, so I'll be paying attention to that to see if you guys agree with what I think. <laughs> I like that one. I think it's a good call. I mean, great athlete, so I, I like the projection for sure. There it is. Well, Brad, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you giving us some time. It's always great. Awesome. Thank you, man. 
Thank you. There he goes. Brad Spielberg, a good dude right there. Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And uh, like the story about Max Crosby. And it's funny, that's the second time we've heard that story about Max Crosby at the East-West Shrine Bowl and he's, him being the only guy that's in there working out. I believe Omar Ruiz from NFL Network told us the story uh, a couple weeks ago. And now Brad Spielberg is sharing the story. And so obviously that's making its rounds. And it kind of goes back to the conversation I've been having about Max, how the whole league is paying attention to what he's doing. They're seeing him. They're hearing him. They're learning from him. He is just growing and growing as uh, not only a player but a guy that people are looking up to. I mean, that, he's he's a star. He's already a star, but he's just his his star value is just growing and growing each and every day. And again, when people are talking about you and they're sharing stories about how great your work ethic is and the the, the ceiling or the the sky is the ceiling and everything, it's 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 awesome to hear. Three forty four is the time. We'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don't be broke dot com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. This is Red Nation Radio nine twenty. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Q. Many thanks to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Joined us in the last segment, giving us the details, the ugly truth, really, about the running back position. Just tough to be a running back right now, man. Christian McCaffrey got paid. Zeke Elliott got paid. Dalvin Cook got paid to a certain extent. These rest of these guys aren't really getting that pay just because, well, teams don't want to do it. Don't really blame them. But at the same time, we feel like there's got to be something that they can do. I like his suggestion of rookie running backs only having a three-year deal. I, I like that. I really do give them a chance to get paid early, especially if they're first-round picks. Instead of giving them a fifth-year option, you know the funny thing is a fifth-year option is almost like a, it's almost like a, a a curse, right? It's almost a bad thing. Think about it, Ari. I mean, really, if you're under control for five years, if a team wants, I mean, like, look, the Raiders could have exercised Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option, and none of this would be a conversation because he'd be getting paid about eight million dollars, eight, which he's going to get paid ten million dollars just on the franchise tag, but. He's clearly one of the better backs in the league. And just like anybody, just like a B. John Robinson, I mean, think about how much money he's about to get paid for being the number eight overall pick, right? I mean, like Brad said, he's about to make more than anybody at the running back position this year, which is insane. They haven't done anything. So if you if you only have like a three-year deal, instead of having that fourth and that fifth year, then all of a sudden you get, you get the free agency quicker and you still have plenty of wear and tear. You're still young, so you have plenty of wear and tear still on your body. Uh, available on your body so you can you can get a contract that teams feel more comfortable with. I like that as opposed to having the, the fourth-year option, which is obviously it's not an option, that's the contract, and then the fifth-year option, that's keeping you in the mix for extra time. And, and like John McClain had said, if if the Raiders had exercised the fifth-year option on Jacobs, they could have had him this year for $8 million. Then next year, if they wanted to, they could have franchised him for whatever that's going to be. It'd obviously be a little bit more than $10 million. And then if they wanted to do it again, they could franchise him for another year, right, and really have him under control for seven years. Seven years in a running back. I mean, after that, most, most teams are, are shooing that running back to the side, <laughs> right? So, I mean, that might be a really good thing to look at or a way to look at it, but we know that nothing could happen until the new CBA, which the new CBA is not going to be for quite a while because they just signed a new CBA not too long ago. So that's that's uh, not going to help out Josh. That's obviously not going to help out Saquon Barkley or any of the guys trying to get paid right now. But at some point, maybe it'll help running backs down the road if they do something like that. If I'm a running back, I know I would say, hey, we don't want longer deals. We want shorter deals. And that goes with extensions too. Give me a two-year deal. Give me a two-year deal fully guaranteed. Right? Why not? Give me a two-year deal fully guaranteed, and then I'll ball out and we'll talk about it again in two years. Why not? That probably is better 
and the, the, best, the best option that they'll have because they're not getting the five-year deals anymore. They're just not. And if they do, like Dalvin Cook, going into third, the year three of his five-year deal, he's out. <laughs> right? You're released. So what's the point? You basically got a two-year deal. You got that guaranteed money, and now you're out on the open market. And somebody will pay him, but I don't think that they're going to pay him $10 million. Like, you know, everyone's suggesting he goes to Miami. I see Miami as a team that will probably say, hey, we want you. Think you're a really talented dude. You'll add to this offense, but we'll pay you five, six million dollars. <laughs> All right, you just made the ugliest look. Like, eh, no, I don't know about that. But that's, I mean, if there's not a lot of options, what are you going to do? Yeah, and and to play on and at least be on a good quarterback. Uh, I mean, I guess you could justify taking the little less money. I mean, they're going to ask I don't for the. No, if money. he's a good quarterback coming up this season, if we're being honest. We don't know what to expect, right? With Tua, right? No, you're right. And you know, again, I'm sure that they'll. They'll ask for more money. He'll try to push for more money. No, nah, I can't do five. Let me do ten. But at the end of the day, if the team ain't willing to pay it and there's no other team that's knocking down the door to try to pay you, what, what options do you have? Unfortunately, it's just a position that, uh, if you want to put it as blunt as possible, it sucks right now. It just does. Yeah. I, I also think it, it is kind of random, but it, it really stinks for, like, younger people, I feel, that are, you know, progressing, whether to high school or even middle, and looking ahead, like, Man, I want to be in the NFL, and if they can do it, and they're being discouraged to to really stay in that position in running back, it's it's a tough one. Like you can't excel in something you're that's your optimal position because you know you might not really have a great career trajectory if you stay there. Right, no it's doubt. Tough. Jim from Yonkers hit us back up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R, and you can do that as well anytime throughout the course of the show. Great guest today. Maybe if you start year one, you get to shorten your rookie deal. The union needs to get stronger for football players. Jake DeGrom is out for a long time and is getting every dime. That's uh, And he says thank you at the end of that. That's Jeff from Yonkers. And, yeah, there's no doubt, right, baseball players? Uh, my grandfather always said, son, be a baseball player, right? <laughs> Learn to play center field and be able to hit a curveball, <laughs> right? Because that's the reality of it, man. The baseball players are getting paid. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a long, long road to become a, a baseball player, and it's a long road to getting that contract opportunity. But when these guys get paid, brother – they get paid, right? Learn to steal bases. Learn to catch a ball. Learn to do whatever you got to do. Learn to be that baseball player. 702-365-9200. Let's get a quick call in from Raider Dave in Denver. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm thinking that, you know, I'm biased. I like the humility and the ferociousness of Jacobs. But it really makes me wonder if he does get a deal signed, however it is with the Raiders, is McDaniel's going to do what he said last year before he started and ran Jacobs five plays in the preseason, the very first game. He said, I like to get my running backs live action. Mm -hmm. Do you think he's going to do that again this year? And if so, or if not, why? Thank you, Raider Dave, for that call. I do appreciate you. And, um, I don't think that Josh Jacobs will be the guy that they put into the in, into preseason game number one. I just I don't see it. Uh, one, I don't know when he's going to report, right? I don't know when he's going to sign the contract. But I think after 340 carries in 2022, I think that he's he's good with that. But it's it's funny because the reason why he said it last year is because, as you mentioned, he, he wanted to get him lathered up. He wanted to get him calloused. His words, not mine, right? And you can't duplicate that in uh, in, in training camp. You just can't. So. It would be interesting to see what he says, you know, and, and that'll be a good question to ask. I'm glad you threw it out there. My my gut feeling is no, he's not gonna he's not gonna run a, in in uh, in preseason games. But it would be a good question to ask, like, hey, you plan on Josh Jacobs getting a couple carries like he did last season, and just see what his response is. I think that that'd be a fair question. So I'm gonna write that down, Raider Dave. I'll credit you when I when I ask it. Well, I won't say it to him, but I'll bring it back and say, hey, 
This is Raider Dave's question, and I asked it at this point. Uh, then again, like I said, we don't know because we don't know when Josh Jacobs is going to actually sign his deal and report to camp. 3.55 is the time. When we come back, we kick off hour number three of the show, and we actually go to Denver. Like Raider Dave is in Denver, we turn our attention to Denver. Matt Smith, 104.3 The Fan, will talk all things Nuggets as they're the champions of the NBA. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.